The Viridian Nutrition range of 200 plus award-winning products includes vitamins, minerals, herbs, nutritional oils, specialty supplements, tinctures and balms. All formulated to be helpful, efficacious and pure. By choosing our Viridian Nutrition range, you are one step closer to your goal of 100% wellness. Ethical vitamins with an organic heart. Available at all Browns outlets. Browns and you. There are billions of women passing through similar experiences all around the world and for whatever reason, we often feel like we're alone. It's time to make a point of discussing these topics from a range of viewpoints. These conversations surpass age, race, location. They are relevant to women everywhere. Welcome to The She Word. Conversations that women rarely have, but really should. Welcome to a new series here at The She Word, the series Living with a Narcissist, It's Not About You. Now, you may recall back in season three, at the end of season three, we had a show dedicated to narcissists and narcissistic abuse and how you can survive that and how you can build out of that. But over the course of the last couple of weeks and months, so many of you have gotten in touch with us in relation to that episode. So many people reaching out and saying, I identify with that. I identify with that situation. Can we talk more about it? So we said, yes, this is what we're going to do. So we are just starting today a five-part series looking at the various aspects of living with a narcissist and making sure that we make it clear that this is not about you. If you are in that situation, whether it be a parent, whether it be a, a sibling, whether it be a, another family member, it could be a partner, it could be a work colleague, it could be a friend. We're going to guide you through the process of understanding that situation and dealing with that situation. And I want to start off by saying as well that not everybody who is a little bit mean or a bit grumpy or a bit moody or a little bit overbearing or over controlling is a narcissist. And also in this series, we're looking at narcissistic personality, not narcissistic personality disorder, which has its own topic and own way of looking at that. So we're just going to be talking, talking about narcissistic personality. And again, I just want to reiterate that not everybody who's a little bit grumpy is a narcissist. We are looking at this in depth. And I'm thrilled to be able to be joined by Claire Borge. This is your second time with the She Word. Yes, it is. And I'm delighted to have you here again. And you are here with the opening of this series. And I think just before we go into what we're going to be looking about, and today we're going to be discussing whether a narcissist is born or whether they are created. I think that's incredibly important to understand what we're dealing with. But I just want to touch base on why this is so important to have these conversations. Because if you are dealing with anybody in your life who is a narcissist, it can be incredibly damaging. Definitely. And I think we've been hearing about it so much over the past years that we do need to talk about it in a way where um, we don't necessarily demonize people because obviously everyone has their own strengths and their flaws. But at the, at the same time, we need the awareness to know how to deal with people who have these presentations because, yes, there could be a lot of harm. So Absolutely. And, and it's also we'll be talking over the course of the next five shows uh, how to deal 
with the effects, how to control, how to protect yourself, how to identify. Uh, we'll also be looking at what you can do to deal with a narcissist, what the do's and don'ts are yeah. of dealing with a narcissist. But we're kicking off today, as I said, we're looking at how narcissists come into being. And the big question is, are they born like that or are they created? And this is incredibly important because I, I when I think about this topic, I think how can you have someone in a, a member of a family mm -hmm. who is a, a wonderful human being and, and a sibling who is very narcissistic, whether that be overt or covert or any of these other, yeah. other areas of narcissism. So I'm going to kick off with the big question. Mm -hmm. uh, is a narcissist born a narcissist? Is it hereditary? Well, obviously, I'm going to say it's a bit of both because you are opening up a huge debate, which is the nurture nature debate, which we talk about a lot in psychology when we talk about mental health, psychopathology. So we would usually say there might be. Uh, genetic predispositions, but usually what happens in the environment in a person's upbringing would usually then either highlight those predispositions or not. So some people are more likely to develop these traits, um, but then the upbringing, the nurture element is also very, very crucial. Usually we do talk a lot about trauma and upbringing when it comes to narcissistic adaptations um, and presentations, but obviously everyone is very different so even with people having uh, these presentations you will notice differences because we are all unique so even within a family I mean no one is exactly the same as their siblings unless you're an identical twin and still there will be differences because of what happens in life um, your genes are essentially different so um, there is a similarity obviously but you're not 100% identical so that's why um, we can't always tell whether you know it's genetic it's nature or nurture usually it's a bit of both okay <laughs> so is it, it's a combination you've got to have all of the factors there to yeah. to make this situation uh possible for somebody to develop a narcissistic personality so what are the factors you mentioned before about trauma mm -hmm. but as i understand it is not always just about trauma it could be over love and over expectations yeah. what what is it as easy to say you know you grow up in a traumatic home you're going to be a narcissist because that doesn't sound right well usually what happens is that if there is neglect from the parents if the child feels unseen not validated then the child will grow up into an adult still craving this need so essentially that that is why sometimes we see people who are adults who act in very childish ways because there's what we would call this uh, developmental arrest, sort of. So it's just all stopped. That development has stopped. It's kind of stopped in a way, yes. Or rather, it's a mature version, or not a mature, an adult version um, of what children would present. So we would see a mismatch between the person's uh, biological age 
and the person's emotional age, let's say. So if someone is unseen, if they are neglected, then they might grow up wanting to be seen, wanting to be praised, wanting to be validated. And then that's why they would have this uh, sense of grandiosity. But um, with narcissistic traits, it's not only the children who are neglected, but even the children who are overly praised. So if there isn't a balance and there are uh, healthy boundaries so there are no limits so children grow up in an environment where whatever they do is perfect they are better than everyone else then this could also lead to narcissistic traits because it's always about them and not the other so there is a lack of empathy as well maybe they find it difficult to um, become attuned with the other so there are these two extremes either being um, not validated or neglected or else overly validated in a way. It's <laughs> ironic, isn't it? That it's just, it could be one or the other. Yes, or a bit of both perhaps as well. Does this start at any particular age? Does it? The reason I'm going to ask this is because if as a parent or a or a family member, you see that this child is experiencing these one of these extremes or as you just said both mm -hmm. and that they are starting to display this kind of narcissism yeah. from an early age and you're a, a family member you're an aunt or an uncle or a cousin or a, a brother or whatever is it possible to step in and stop that from happening where at that deve developmental age does that become okay now that person is a narcissist they have narcissistic traits yeah. and you can't undo it because we're going to be looking later on in the next show on whether or not a narcissist can change mm -hmm. and from what I know very rarely so is there a point in that development where you can actually interject and you can stop what's happening and stop the outcome? Hmm. It's, it's very hard to stop the outcome because we are influenced since birth. Um, I mean, whatever we experience will influence the way we perceive ourselves, others and life. So even in the very first few days of life, we are already receiving information. So we do notice that babies who are a few days old would self-soothe <laughs> if they are not soothed by someone, if they are not cared for. So in the first few weeks, let's say, um, so we, we already notice differences between babies in their first few weeks of life, um, not just because of their temperament, which is the biological um, aspect of personality, but also because of what is happening in the environment. So babies can be traumatized as well. So I'm saying this because as a family member, yes, you can try to intervene, let's say, or to show support or a different kind of a bringing. But if the child is being raised by parents and let's say they're not doing the best job um, at being parents, I mean, it's very difficult to um, overcome that because if you're living um, with these parents every day, 
I mean, they are the most influential people in your life. So yes, your aunts, your uncles, grandparents, they are very influential as well, even teachers um, later on in life. But I think the most influential people are the ones who are raising you, parents or caregivers, the people you live with, essentially. I mean, you're in the same household, so you're observing, you're modeling. Um, I'm not saying this because there is no hope in the sense that if these children um, find other people um, in their life who support them, who um, help them label emotions or teach them healthy coping strategies, then yes, that would help. Or children who are in therapy um, or adolescents then later on in life. But the problem is that... Um, when when someone is underage, even to go to therapy, I mean, they would need consent from their parents. So then if the issue is the parents, it's difficult even with relatives, because obviously then uh, the relatives might be told, um, please leave it up to me. I am the parent, you know, or the caregiver or whoever. So it, it can get a bit messy and complicated, but there could be hope, yes, even in adults. So even if you've been living your whole life, seeing things in a particular way, having certain traits, I mean, it's it's harder to change the older you get. But I can't say, and I will never say that there is zero chance that someone will change. But it is quite difficult, yes. Or there might be small changes, but maybe still not enough um, to maintain healthy relationships, perhaps. Learning about this and when we sat down to start talking about this show and how we were going to approach it, I wanted to start from that point of how is it that narcissists come into uh, come to come into an existence. Yeah. And one thing listening to you and even having done my own research is that that became very apparent is that I've you can't help but be so sad for an individual because as you mentioned that person that grows into a narcissist is is quite often somebody who's been neglected and is just still seeking approval now we have to be careful of course because if you're empathic you can be pulled into that perfect storm which we'll talk about later on in the series mm -hmm. and that will drain you and literally seep you and you will become the supply for that need but at the same time it is tragic isn't it? It's a it tragic, is. tragic story. It is. And um, children who are abused or who grow up in environments when, where they are neglected would not necessarily develop these traits, but they might develop mm. other traits or mental health conditions. And we usually notice um, what we would call a comorbidity. So even with um, people having narcissistic traits or adaptations, there might be other issues such as substance abuse, for example, depression, um, anxiety, and other mental health issues as well. So, I mean, I would naturally um, empathize with someone having that background. And as a professional, obviously that is my role if I'm working with someone having these traits. But in, in my personal life, and this is what I would say to, to anyone listening, um, you can be compassionate and you can empathize, but that doesn't mean that you need to remain in the relationship or, or whatever it is, uh, the dynamic. So sometimes you need to leave um, uh, because if it becomes toxic, then you need to save yourself, essentially. But you can still 
have compassion in a way, although this is usually then mixed with feelings of hurt and anger and guilt and shame and so many other emotions. So it's very complex, but I would definitely say that, um, yes, if you had to sort of take a, an objective stance in a way, when you think about adults um, showing these traits, yes, I think you can get in touch with what they were like as children, what they had to endure. And that is very sad. Yeah. yeah, very, very tragic. So I just want to kind of summarize that again mm-hmm. um, and to to get you to to just identify that that there has to be, from what I understand, there has to be a number of components that all come together mm-hmm. to create a narcissist and we talked about nature and nurture yeah there has to be a bit of both possibly I mean we can't know for sure there's a lot of research that is ongoing but we can never um, be presumptuous and say yes it's 100% nature or 100% nurture so yes usually it's a bit of both but it, it depends because there are so many variables so many factors that come into play that it's it's very hard to pinpoint exactly what um, might cause this. But obviously, if there is something that is happening in the environment, then it's it's easier to say, yes, that could have been part of it. So Okay. Mm-hmm. So we have these different components that come together, which could, from the environment, either be over-praise and over-elevation and over Uh, validation or it could be completely the opposite it could be neglect and it could be uh, abuse in that respect or it could be a combination of both because that can also happen it could happen because if there are two sets of caregivers then one might treat the child in a particular way and the other would um, raise the child in a different way. It could also happen because there is ambivalence in the parents. So um, obviously parents or caregivers are are human and they change um, as we all do in life. So they might go through a period where they would be raising their their child in one way and then I don't know something could happen and it could change um, other people might be influential and would affect uh, the child during their upbringing um, as well so yes it could happen so a child could experience both but usually it's one or the other and most often when we talk about narcissism we talk about uh, the lack of being seen Mm -hmm. which we find is usually more common rather than the children who are overpraised let's say so i have a last question for you claire and i think it's a a question that everybody wants to ask and wants to know know the the answer to and i'm pretty sure i'm uh, that maybe there isn't enough that there isn't a definitive answer to this but if that is the case that a narcissist is a result of neglect or abuse and they go there on to be in a situation develop this this personality traits which we will look at later in the series leads to further abuse Mm -hmm. is it a case that it will run through a family line it is maybe not 
biologically hereditary, but yeah. it could be hereditary. It could be. Um, in psychology and psychotherapy, we talk about a lot about uh, transgenerational mm. trauma mm. or intergenerational trauma, where trauma is passed on. There are studies as well about epigenetics and sort of how trauma is stored in the nervous system, how it can affect you even in a neurological and a biological way. So that's why I said earlier, you know, it's very complex. It's very hard to pinpoint. But yes, it can be passed on from one generation to another. Also because we are influenced by what we see. Um, uh, that's why we talk a lot about role models, how important they are. Um, so yes, we do tend to notice that um, it runs in in the family, let's say. But someone then can break the cycle. It's very hard to do. It is possible. Um, and we also talk about acquired security. So when we talk about narcissism, you know, we're talking about not being seen, being insecure, like this deep seated um, um, feeling of not being enough, being insecure. But in life, we can acquire security as well, so we can get it um, in healthy ways. Not always easy, not possible for everyone, unfortunately, but yes, I would like to uh, say there is a bit of hope. There is a bit of hope. <laughs> Listen, Claire, thank you so much. Thank, thank you for you. breaking that down. I really appreciate you starting off this series with such, such a strong, clear message. Thank you.